Welcome to another episode of Make Defense Great Again. My name is Chris Fasser, a.k.a. Coach Fass. Hey Thank you so much for joining me. Today we have Randall Joyner, defensive line coach at Ole Miss, joining us to talk about his pass rush progression and much, much more. This is one of the most detailed, thorough podcasts we've ever done. And I barely said two words because coach was just on a roll and I definitely didn't want to derail him. Just an absolute outstanding job. Before we get to that, though, I want to share some news with you. We relaunched CoachVast.com, hired the illustrious Keone Block, who did my logo, and totally revamped the website, and he knocked it out of the park. I couldn't be happier. And not only does the website have a new sexy, chic look, it contains a blog. I know the old one had a blog, but I never really did anything with it. That's going to change, and it starts off with an article I wrote, the first article I've done in four years. I talk about how Vic Fangio is changing cover three, kind of the evolution that's got to this point. I go into detail how he's using the overhangs as kind of wild cards to help out on the deep over routes. Receivers are getting faster. Linebackers are getting sucked in. So he's using the overhangs to take those routes instead of having the overhangs help out underneath number one. This is obviously if they have no one to cover. They become almost like poach players in quarters. So I go into depth about that. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, I'm a high school coach. That's cool and all, but that's not going to help me. Most NFL stuff doesn't have carryover, but this one does. And I talk about in the blog piece, Eureka moment I had with a patron when we were talking about defending the wing tee and how you can use this concept easily in your defense to help you against boots, waggles, all that stuff. So check it out. Coachfast.com. Click the blog in the top right. And just check out the website. There's also a box there that's going to pop up. So you can subscribe. I'm going to be more active on the newsletter front and communicating. I promise I won't just communicate once every year. But I also promise you that I'm not going to inundate you with crap. I don't like getting a bunch of spam email. I don't know anyone who does. So I'm only going to hit you up if I have something to say. And more importantly, something that you want to hear. Or I think you want to hear, I guess. But yeah, so sign up for that. And also poke around the website. The blog is also going to be a spot for aspiring writers to join, whether it's coaches, journalists, fans. If you want a place to test out your writing, a free open space, no deadlines, no editors bothering you, but you want some exposure and you want to try your hand at it, hit me up, pitch an idea, and the floor will be yours. Also, make sure you check out Patreon.com. Check out that orange package. A lot of fun stuff's coming soon. I got delayed, but the Cincinnati defensive study is going to happen. Dave Aranda, 2012, Utah State, where it all started, coming soon. Maybe even some more Vic Fangio coming soon. Check it out. Watch many of the top teams across the country as you prepare your scheme for next year. Lastly, if you're listening to this in the first hour or so that it comes out, I'm going to be joined tonight by Scott Goolsby. It's usually a Patreon-only monthly meeting. However, to celebrate the opening of the website, everyone is welcome to join. Just find the post on my Twitter at Coach Fass. The replays will only be available for patrons. But if you hear this tonight and you want to check it out, you're welcome to join us. All right, let's get to the show. Let's get into it, man. My guest today is Randall Joyner, 
defensive line coach and defensive run game coordinator at Old Miss. Coach, welcome to the show. Man, I appreciate it, man. I'm just, uh, I'm glad we're able to get this done, man. And very, very excited to talk some ball today. I appreciate that. Yeah, we've been working on this for two years, and I had something come up, and you had something come up, and I had something come up, and you had something come up. And so I think one of them involved you getting married at some point. Am I imagining that? There was there was some sort of break. Absolutely, man. Um, definitely got married and then made a big move out here to Mississippi. It was honeymoon, all those different things. So, um, you know, glad to get it done, though, now. Yeah, I remember I was talking to you and you're like, well, I think we can make it work, but I'm going to be getting married. I'm like, dude, don't worry, don't worry about it. We'll we'll catch up another time. Apologies in the background, by the way, if you hear a noise. Apparently, in the first week of February, we have thunderstorms now in Florida, so we're navigating that as well. So apologies if you hear any rumbling or any low-end bass stuff coming through. But anyway, so you are a young guy with a relatively short career, but super fast rise. Uh, take us through your journey to Ole Miss before we get started into uh, Pass Rush. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, been very blessed and fortunate. Uh, you know, from Dallas, Texas, and was fortunate enough to to get a scholarship at uh, SMU where I played linebacker and played all four years. You know, started for two. Um, you know, was a team captain. Great career. Um, but when you see me, man, you know, I don't pass the eyeball test. I probably wasn't good enough or fast enough or whatever it was, but the next level wasn't in the plans. But, you know, I really believe this, you know, God doesn't make no mistakes. And it got me to my true calling. And I was, uh, I played from 2010 to 2013. And, um, I was a volunteer assistant at SMU that following year in 2014. Well, um, I played underneath June Jones, and we only won one game that year, and we got fired. So um, I followed my defensive coordinator to uh, Hawaii, where I was a defensive GA, and um, was underneath Norm Chow. Uh, you know, great experience, but unfortunately, we only won two games, and we got fired. So my first two years of coaching, won three games and got fired twice, and, you know, it was tough. But, you know, I really do believe that adversity leads you to your biggest blessings, and was very fortunate enough to get on at um, Ohio State, and that and that's a story within itself. But um, you know, was fortunate enough to get on there, and it was there in 2016 and 17, and then was fortunate enough to get on at SMU. I got my first full time job in 18, where I was the defensive ends coach. Man, at 26, was blessed and fortunate. Couldn't tell me nothing, man. I was back home, man. Life was great. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes gave me my first chance, and I'm forever grateful, man. Unbelievable guy. And was fortunate enough to get promoted the next year to the full D-line coach in 2019 and 20. Um, and then in 2021, uh, Ole Miss came calling, and it was the right opportunity and right right timing. And, uh, you know, took the leap of faith and was very, very fortunate for DJ Durkin uh, reaching out. And then was fortunate enough to be there and just – finished my second season so been there since 2021 well that's that's awesome coach that's a hell of a journey so many guys you know they have to it's just it just shows how crazy the business is so many guys have to wait a long time to get the opportunity and they work their way they work their way up they work their way up they work their way yeah. up you start out your first year when one game gets fired you're probably like okay this is bullshit i want no part of this and then okay. 
You go to the island and you're far away from everything. And then all of a sudden you're at Ohio state and then it's just like a meteoric rise. And, and, and it's just, it's just, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's just interesting how so many guys have so many different paths. You have guys that, and you're a student assistant, so you're, you're helping out, but a lot of it's out of your control, right? I mean, you're just at that point, you're probably doing coffee, getting coffee for people making copies, maybe getting a little coach a little bit, but it's mostly like the grunt work when you're starting, you know? And, and so this happens and you're probably just like, Oh my God, do I want to do this? No, no doubt, man. It, um, it definitely was, man. It definitely was a, a grind and you know, I wouldn't trade it for, for anything, but it, it definitely, I was definitely fortunate enough to be around some really, really great coaches that really taught me in, in, you know, allowed me to to coach but also you know you have to do your groundwork but also um did a really good job explaining the why and, and teaching me um and preparing me for when i got that opportunity but it, it was some you know it was definitely i was definitely blessed um and, and a lot of things aligned you know when i went from hawaii i was i was living back home with my dad i was like i was on the couch like i'm like i got a four-year degree i can't even buy myself something to eat right now like, i don't got no money and so the crazy part is I saw that a GA got hired away from Ohio State. And I reached out to a strength coach that coached me my freshman year in college. And I reached out to him probably two weeks prior to that. And I was just like, hey, man, you know, I know it's a who you know business in this coaching world. I just got let go at Hawaii. Like, if you happen to see something, could you just let me know, man? And I just you know, we'd love to just be in consideration if you can put a word in. And I actually tried to get on an NC State, you know, about a week prior to seeing that opening at Ohio State, and it didn't work out. And then I saw it, and I reached out to that coach again, and he was like, I actually know somebody there. And then he ended up sending my resume to that guy. That guy at Ohio State put my resume on Coach Johnson's desk, and he ended up calling me about five hours later. And um, he was, you know, talking on the phone a little bit for about 15 minutes. And he wanted to set up a, you know, in-person interview. And it was crazy how everything aligned and how God worked. It was the coaching convention happened to be in San Antonio that year. So I could drive to it because I was back in Texas. And so it was just, it all aligned. I I remember sharing um, a hotel room with a guy because I barely had any money split it. Got my gray suit, had my, you know, my, my scarlet tie. I was ready to go and, uh, you know, had a good in-person interview. And then he flew me up the next day and then, you know, did a good job at the interview. And then they ended up offering me a job. And then the crazy part was there for two years. How I got on to SMU was probably even crazier with the satellite camps and all those things. In 2016, I worked at camp at TCU. Um, you know, end up just, you know, getting cool with the, the D-line coach there. Fast forward to 2000, the end of 2017 season, 2018 in January, I saw that Sonny Dykes got hired away from TCU and he was an analyst. And I reached out to the D-line coach and I was like, hey, would you mind sending me, you know, Sonny's number? Um, you know, he, uh, I'm an alum, I would love to try to be in consideration for his staff. And he did, he gave it to me. Like, I still have a DM to this day. Um, and it's Coach Fitch, who's at um, at Texas Tech now. But 
suit, socks. I need a, a, a text. He didn't text me back for about two weeks, which, you know, obviously his phone was getting blown up. So I didn't think I was going to get the job. And I was about to fly out to the, the convention in Charlotte. And he texted me. He's like, hey, we'll love to talk. And then kind of long story short, got an in-person interview, ended up getting the job uh, a month later. So definitely, man, been blessed to be around some great coaches, but all, a lot of things aligned. And I'm just very fortunate for people uh, to help me along the way. That's a that's a really great story. Do you ever talk uh, D-line technique with Zarnell? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, when I when I see him at um, a couple practices and things like that, but we haven't caught up in a, in a minute. We saw each other um, this past uh, recruiting cycle last last spring, but um, I, I still remind him. And I'm just just very grateful for him, man, to just pass it on the information. Do you know if he's still doing the Coach Bumpus stuff? Nose in the gap, get up the field, react off the blocks, and all that fun stuff. That I do not know. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to hook us up because I've been dying to talk to him for a long time. All right, let's get into pass rush progression. So we've talked about this before in the podcast. The defensive yep. line is one of the only positions that you can literally have about A to Z progression, but you can at least have like an A to M progression where you're you're starting off and then you kind of there's a bunch of different variables. But it's yep. interesting because you can teach defensive line differently in terms of just the any sort of progression sort of thing where DB you can't really have a progression because they can snap the ball and literally stand up and throw it to the X. So it's, there's no like, you know, first steps or whatever. Cause it could just be like, go. So yep. want to talk about that. So you're just talking about pass rush. Take me through yep. the steps that you use to teach it and, and the details that you use to teach it with, please. I love that. I think, um, you know, the, the number one deal that I talk about, right, and we'll get into the philosophy, but I think the number one deal is defining what is the objective of a pass rush, right? And, and, and for me, you know, explaining to the guy, the objective is to get a quality rush. What's a quality rush? Disrupting the quarterback. It's not just to get a sack, right? If you look at the numbers, right, you know, let's just let's just take, right, probably the, the, the top sack guy probably has, what, 15-plus sacks, probably out of, what, 600 rushes. Now, you tell me 15 out of 600 rushes, th- that deems you the best. Like, your probability of getting a sack is low, but there's different ways to affect the quarterback or disrupt the quarterback. So that's the number one deal we define is, is what is the objective? We want to disrupt the quarterback. How do we do that? Hit, sack, sack fumbles, closing the pocket or proper rush lane, being able to match or mirror the hand. There's all kinds of different ways that we can disrupt the quarterback. And I think that's very, very critical explaining that to your guy because obviously they, they look at it like, Coach, I got to get a sack. I got to get that. But understanding, man, I have to rush the C-gap on this. Or, you know, maybe it's a, a certain game or it's a certain pressure or – you know, four-man pass rush lane, and, you know, the quarterback can't escape that way. He has to step up or he has to escape the other way. That allows somebody else to get the sack or allows us to affect him or disrupt him. So I think that's very, very critical in, in that is explaining that to your guys what is a quality rush. Let's talk about the philosophy for a little bit, right? So there's three parts of my philosophy that I talk about is the approach, the move, and the finish, okay? So – 
the first part will, will take you through the approach. And I think this is very, very, you know, critical is understanding, right? The approach is consisted of four parts for me. You have to know the situation. That's the first thing. Is it a passing situation? A passing situation, now we get into what we call jet mode, right? Now, when we're in jet mode, we're going to react back to the run. They have to defend us now. Very, very important for my, uh, my guys to understand that, right? So now, when we know the situation, we're in jet mode. It's pass rush situation. Is it a third down? Is it two minutes? Is it a high tendency, uh, you know, on first or whatever it is? Right now, they got to defend us. We know where they're going. Right, that's the advantages of what what offense has. Right, they know the snap out. They know where they're going. Like now, we have that. You say it's a passing situation, so I think that's important. With that being said, now that we know the situation. Now that goes into what we call alignment and angles, right? Because they have to now defend up. And now we can start to kind of dictate a little bit how they set based on how we angle and how we align, right? So think about the angles and alignment as our version of formation, okay? So I'll talk you through this a little bit, right? So we have two angles. We have a power, which is simply tilted. Right, and we have speed, which is simply square or parallel to the line of scrimmage. Okay, then we have two alignments we have wide, wide for a defensive end is about a yard and a half to a yard on the outside foot of the tackle. For a deep tackle or interior defense alignment, that's around a four eye. Right, next is we have a tight, a tight is for a defensive end about a half a yard. Uh, from the outside foot of the tackle, right? Maybe a yard, depending on the length, okay? For a D tackle, that is a three technique or a loose three, which is hand outside of foot, okay? So what do I say? We have, you always have an angle and alignment. Now, we won't carry all those going into the game. That's going to be based on film study and all those different things of what we want to go in in our pass rush plan. So for example, for a defensive end for us, we'll have a power, why? That's our base way we, we teach, right? So what does that mean? He's tilted, and he's about a yard and a half uh, from the outside foot of the tackle. With that alignment, okay, now we know he's probably going to vertical set, depending on that tackle, right? So he's going to set one, two, three, right, get to his spot. That's going to play in. Now we're dictating how he sets. It's going to play into some other things of what we do that's a little bit different, right? If we're a little bit tighter, now he's going to 45. Right now, he's gonna maybe jump set. We know that and understand that, right? And our moves or footwork can be predicated off of that. Obviously, we'll we'll get in more details of that. To our defensive tackle, right? So, for example, right, he can be a power tight, right, or power wide. We start off our base way as a power tight. That allows us to be able to see the slide when we get the slide hand from the guard. So now he can he knows he's got a what he's a B to A rusher. Now he's got a counter and rush the A gap because he sees the slide hand, right? For that guy. So in terms of if he's a, a, a three technique, right? If he's a two eye, obviously it's a little bit different or or shade and understanding how we understand the slide. If we get slide hand from the center, right, or the guard blocks down, we'll cross, he becomes an A to B rusher. But the the biggest thing we talk about how we align those different things for those guys is you're gonna always have a 
an angle, you can always have alignment because we're going to dictate how they set. Okay. Now let's jump into, we talk about the next part of the approach, right? The third part of the approach is stance. And I'm big on like stance. Like the, my big thing for, for the stance, I want proper body mechanics, right? I used to be a big, okay, hey, you know what? We are, we are told to, to misstep or told to heal no matter what. I, I'm big on, think about when you get in a 40-yard uh, stance, right? You're about to run the 40. Think about your, 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 your knee of your down foot, right? Or your back foot, excuse me. I want that knee, right? Depending how long you are, is it knee to toe to your front foot? Is it knee to midstep or knee to heel? Obviously, depending on your length. Makes sense and what's comfortable for you. My biggest thing is I don't want a elongated stance. The elongating stance, you know, will, will cause you to either pop up or be inefficient in your movement. You're not gaining ground, okay? My big deal is I want kind of my non-negotiable, I want that down hand aligned with the back foot, okay? Because what happens is sometimes defense alignment, they put their down hand in the middle of their stance, especially young, you know, defense alignment, high school, grade school, those different things, right? You've been taught that to get in a three-point stance. That's how you do it. And then now, right, your foot's going to follow that. You're crossing over, right, inefficient movement, okay? So, and then here's the next part, what I call negative of 45 shin angle. So when I get in that stance, I want our hips slightly above our head, right? I want the down hand aligned with the back foot, and then I want the negative shin angle because I want to be able to create horizontal force. I want to be able to go out. So I want... For us, we talk about proper body mechanics in terms of what I just described for our stance so we can have an efficient, effective, and electric get-off. The last part, and I'll stop in, after this, of, of the approach is what we call the get-off. Okay? In the get-off, we want this bad boy to be efficient, effective, and electric, right? Because time is money. We want to be able to eliminate uh, a space and create speed. Okay. And so for us, when I talk about our get off after we got the stance, cause that's critical, right? The, the proper body mechanics. I tell my guys, I want the three P's and I want us to create a line of attack. What do I mean by that? I want to be able to push off two feet, right? I want to be able to create and generate that power or that get off. I want to be able to punch the knee low and out. That's going to create the, the negative shit angle when it hits the ground. Does that make sense? It allows me to get horizontal force. And then I want to place my eyes on the target area, which the numbers of the offensive lineman to keep my hairline below the chin, to keep me at a great level. Now, the, create, the line of attack, right, is extension. If I drew a line after you took that first step, you should have an extension from your ankle, knee, hip, and shoulder. Think about a track guy or a 40-yard dash coming out the block or out of his stance. That's critical for my guys is to create that line of uh, attack. So extension from the ankle, knee, hip, and shoulder. Then we create the negative shin angle, and then that front foot, right? We said, hey, we want it low and out, but then we want to drive it back. Out and back equals forward. And then we create that. So I say have a great first step, 
even better second step. I want to gain ground or um, be able to have a great, what I call drive step also. So um, I think that's critical, obviously, uh, of the get off. So that recap for our first phase of what we teach our guys is the approach. You got to know what is, what's the situation. Is it a passing situation? If so, right, they got to defend us now. That gets us into our angles and alignment, right, which is our versions of formations, which is we have two angles, power and speed, then we have two alignments, wide and tight. And so we can have a power wide, we can have a power tight, we have a speed wide and a speed tight. We'll never carry all that going into the game. We'll have maybe one or two going into the game in our rush plan. Then the key part on the stance, proper body mechanics, right? So we can have for an efficient, effective electric get off. Then on the get off, right? The three P's, right? Push off two, right? Push the knee low and out, right? Place the eyes on the target area. Then create a line of attack, right? Extension of the ankle, knee, and hip and shoulder, negative shin angles, right? Out and back equals forward. Why? On the get off, we want to be able to create speed and eliminate space. Does that make sense, right? And that's the first part of our passless philosophy. And then I'll move into the next part. That all makes sense, Coach. That I've been taking notes. That's really, really great stuff. <laughs> really, really is yeah. good stuff. And, and I've been very fortunate to, like I said, man, this is – I really believe this, man, right? Every year I do what I call first principle, like, like thinking, and I look at – so what is that? What is true? Do, Put it down to the basics, right? And what is true of what I'm teaching? Constantly trying to look to evolve and change it and those things bounce ideas off of people. But I think that's important. And I think it's important to create buzzwords for your guys to be able to paint that picture. Um, and so that's the first part. So we teach the approach, right? Second part of our philosophy is the move, okay? What does the move consist of? It consists of feet, hands, and hips. Okay, so let's talk about the first part of the feet, right? So what is the feet? The feet, right, consists of angle of entry. How we enter in, how does the offense alignment view us, right? We want to make it look all the same because if they see high pass, right, they think finesse, right? He's coming inside, some type of move or, or finesse move. They see low pass, they think power, right? So we want to make it look all the same. Then our eye placement. Where are we placing our eyes, right? Yes, the target area, the numbers of the offensive linemen, that's going to help us, okay, for lineman hand delivery. And then our rush footwork. Rush footwork. So if angles and alignments was our versions of formation, think of rush footwork is our route now, okay? And we'll get into details of that, okay? So let's jump into to the feet, right? So let's talk about the angle of entry. We want our hairline below the chin, and we want to work the line, right? So we'll create a, a rush mark for, for defensive end, right? So we want, and I'll just use them just to paint the picture for right now, the rush mark, right, about two and a half yards behind the tackle, right? We want to create that line, and we want to work our line when we could do that. So we want to make sure we're attacking at that angle uh, when we're coming in, right? But we want to make it look all the same, right? I think that's very, very important. The next part, the eye placement. We talked about the eyes, the bottom of the offensive lineman number. That's going to help us with our accuracy of, of our hand um, when, we, when we perform a move. The next part 
we talk about our rush footwork, okay? Our rush footwork, there's two categories. There's direct and then there's indirect. So direct, right, straight speed rush or straight power. So direct footwork is speed or power. Indirect footwork, we have what we call a power step or free step that some people use or stepping at the offensive line, right, the, to the entire right, towards the offensive line, okay? We call that a power step. The next step is a jab step, right? So now we're stepping away or outside. Usually this comes off of a power and then you jab out, okay? Then we have what we have a hezzy, which is an in and out, right, type of footwork. Why do we do this? These indirect footworks allow us to put these offensive linemen in positions that they don't practice, which helps us create an angle of departure. Maybe we get him to shift his weight one way. Once again, think of like a receiver, right? So we talk about our angle of entry, right? He's coming out, right, his stance, right? So when he's getting off the rock, he's making it look all the same. He's low and those things, right? Remember, like if he was a receiver and a DB is playing, right, and a receiver's high, he knows he's about to probably cut, right? If he's low, he's right, speed release, or he's going vertical, right? It's the same thing. Now we talk about the footwork, right? Same thing with, with, with us is we want to make it look all the same, but the footwork now puts them in position that they don't practice. Now we can get them to shift their weight, right? Think about a receiver if he jabs outside before he comes in or his release and how he sticks at the top of a route. So we talk about we have indirect footwork, whether it's a power step, whether it's a jab step, which is outside or heavy. And so then we package that with our angles and alignment. And we have certain footworks that we do. And then I tell my guys, you've got to be a pitcher, right? So you've got to be able to, and that's going to go into my next part of the second part of the move is the hands, okay? I think the number one deal, so after that, right, so we'll, we'll package, right, going into the game, right, we'll say, hey, we're going to do power wide, right? We, we, we want to use a power step on this guy, a jab step right, based off of that, and then we'll talk about the next part, what I think is very, very important. We talk about the hands. I think the number one deal as a coach, and I, early on, man, in, in my early on, man, I thought it was one set, one way, right, but there's different, all kinds of different type of rushers, and I think that's important um, for our guys to, to really, really understand is what kind of rusher are you? So I kind of break it up into four categories, and, and so for me, are, are you a power rusher? If you're a power rusher in all, no matter what kind of rusher you are, you're always, I, I tell my guys, you're going to always have a finesse, a power, and a change. But you just know, hey, man, I'm going to use more power. And then what moves complement that based off how the offensive lineman delivers his hand, okay? Am I a speed rusher, okay? I think that's important for us to understand, okay? Am, am I more of a technician? I'm more finesse, okay? Right, so speed guys like get off guy, man. I'm, I'm getting off technician. He's more finesse guy, right? He might not be the, the twitches, but he, he he's a finesse guy. Or you have a combination, right? So I think that's important because then we're gonna package the rushers, okay? So for us, I think it's important. Also, we break up. Not all offense alignment deliver their hands the same. I, I don't care if the coach might teach one certain way, but that's not what shows up on tape. And so we we have you know, four categories. We say, hey, puncher, 
right? His hands come straight out, right? Punch it. Clamper, his hands come from outside in. He's exposing his chest. Riser, low rising hand, okay? Usually start, you know, at his knees or, or below his numbers. They rise up and he kind of catches a little bit, right? Alternator or, or kind of baiter, right? Independent hands is a, is a new way uh, um, that offensive line coaches are using, which is, you know, very, very effective. Um, but alternators or, or independent hands, or if they try to flash or bait you, okay? We have what for each of those type of hand delivery, we have best moves. And we'll talk about that here um, shortly, okay? Um, so with that, let's, let's go through, I think, the, the, the first thing to talk about uh, is let's talk about a puncher, okay? What is the best move for a puncher in our system, right? We want to do what we call a side scissors, right? Or some people call it a swipe. I think that's the best move for, for that, right? Um, so I, I categorize the best move and then there's changes, right? So for us, it is a side scissors, right, or a stab cut. Okay, well we're gonna, you know, show a long arm right to his chest, and then we're gonna we're gonna club or cup on the outside arm. But the best move we want to go to is a side scissors. Okay, um, kind of some change ups that you can do depending kind of if they get a little bit low can be a cross shot, or if they start to here's a big deal, right? That I start to study if you give them a power step or you give them an indirect. Hook, and he punches and drops that outside foot or opens the gate, we're, we're, we're going to – anytime you give us an angle, we're going to take an angle no matter what, okay? And so we'll go off of as a changeup. If we know he punches open the gate, well, he already gave it to us. So we'll, we'll go a, a speed rip off the power set. And so um, those are what we call changeups. Changeups to me are something if, – if you rush, you know, 15 plus 18 times, something you do three or four times, something you change up. Right, and I think it's important on a changeup. It, it, it has to complement what you do best, and also has to be selective, right, at the right time when you do it, right. And that goes back to the philosophy, or what we talk about is be a pitcher, right. Use history to write history, right. What have I shown, right, um, in the past rushes? What has he given me? right, to, to set up my next move, okay? And then it has to, that changeup has to be able to create hesitation in that offensive alignment, right? So that, that helps with you, okay? The next part is what we call clamper, right? Hands come from, from, from wide, right, outside in. What does he expose? He exposes what? His chest. So we want to go power. We want to go long arm or we want to go two to one or a bull rush in that situation. That's the best move for us, Right. And I think it's important that when you have this system and, and, and guys can start, they can really recognize it, right? It allows you when they know what's the best move, right? It allows you to, to make adjustments throughout the game and what they're giving you. And then we'll talk about, okay, obviously these are the best moves, but I tell my guys this all the time, you rarely win on the first move, right? It's the second, the third, and the fourth move. We call that rush transition. How do I get into that? right? What's the next move if I don't be successful on that move, okay? Um, so our best move is long arm stab cup, or excuse me, long arm and two to one, um, you know, some good change-ups or, or uh, moves will be a stab cup, and then once again, if he clamps and opens the gate, we're going to take it, right? We're going to go speed rip or a hezzy, right? That's an indirect footwork. We're going to show a stutter or an in and out, 
what that does, that's a really, really great time to use the hedges. You just beat him with an inside move. Now he's like, oh, man, I, I got to protect the inside. You create a, a in and out like that. He thinks you're going to – he gets on his heels. He opens his chest, right? That allows us, um, you know, more surface area, but also um, for us to be more successful on our power move. Next is what we call a riser, right? Um, these are low rising hands. The best move for that, um, where we want to we want to do a cross chop or a staff cut. Okay, so cross chop is the best one. We low rising hands and clampers. We don't want to go side scissors or swipe. It's, you're not going to get the hands usually. Um, and so, you know, the the best move we'll, we'll counter with that is we want to be able to go, you know, cross chop with that if we're getting low rising hands. Okay, staff cup is a good one. Also, or staff club, club, some people call it. Um, and there's some good change up once again. If he rises and he's going he's gonna to open a gate, right, we'll go a chop rip, okay? And so the difference between why well, I differentiate between a, a cross chop and like a chop rip is just really the footwork, right? A chop rip comes off of speed footwork. There's no power step off of it, all right? You're not bringing up – so. That that's how we differentiate that for for our guys, because there's no need. If he's gonna give me an angle, we we want to take it. We because time is money. We don't need the power step. Last one for for an alternator or baiter. Um, you know the best move for us. We're either gonna go direct footwork, right? So we're either gonna speed rush or power rush. I think the big thing is, so if they're more independent hand, right? So we 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 want to go. Okay, we're gonna attack the outside arm, right? Or we want to fly like they're flashing us we'll show a long arm to a side scissors, right, or to a cup to get them to throw, because they're waiting for us to throw our move, okay? So we'll either go outside side scissors or we'll flash to the side scissors or stab cup for the best move, or we'll just go straight power. Now he has to give me his hands. Okay, you want to flash with him? We're going to go power. Um, and so that's going to allow them, you know, to get those hands more, to get them to start punching more. So for us, that that describes we're still we're still in the hands, but that describes okay the O line hand delivery, right? Puncher, clamper, riser, and alternator. Okay. New huddle is here, and it is the future for coaches. Huddle understands exactly what coaches need to prepare for game nights. With new huddle, post game review has never been easier. With efficient navigation, it's a game changer for your post game review, scouting, and end of season analysis. Now is the time to get started with New Huddle to set up your team for success. Head over to huddle.com slash login, click New Huddle, and experience the future for your team. Again, that's huddle.com slash login, and make sure you click New Huddle. The next part is of, of, of the hand is what we call move execution, okay? So I really believe this, okay? So, uh, you know, we're going to package our guys' rushes. Okay, so so regardless of your power, speed, technique, whatever combination, I want my guys to have a finesse rush, a power rush, and a change-up that they feel comfortable with, okay? And so I really believe this, right? The key to any finesse rush, when I say finesse, side scissors, cross chop, right, chop, right, whether it's, it's, a, it's a staff cup, the key to that is tight timing and transition. Right, so tight means that we want to eliminate the space. I tell my guys this: less space, higher accuracy. 
more space, lower accuracy. So we want to be able to eliminate. So when, when you're going for it, we want to close the space. That's going to help with our timing, right, of the move. And that's going to help us with our transition, which we'll talk about that here in a second, but transitioning into pursuing the quarterback or transitioning into a counter move and those things, okay? The next part, the key to power rushes, I really believe this, leverage, separation, and vision. Leverage is hairline below chin, right? So we want to make sure our hairline below chin, like that's your pad level, okay? Right? We, we want to have great pad level. If we're lower than him, we have a great chance to be successful, right? The next part is separation, right? I want to gain separation on that, right? Whether I'm going bull, I call it two to one, right? So I'm going two hands to a long arm. Or on the long arm, I think it's critical that we want we want to have separation, okay? And so I, I think that's very, very critical. The next part is we want to be able to gain vision, okay? So many times guys go power rush and they get in their head is down, and then what? The quarterback step up or gets out, right? So I think that's important, right? So leverage, separation, and vision. That's the key to power us to being successful, okay? For a change-up, right? So we always want to have a finesse, power, and change-up. And I, I touched on this earlier. Change-ups have to complement what you do best. It has to, you have to be selective when you do it, right? It's not something you do all the time. So change-ups to me, right? So to break this down a little bit, right? So with our moves, finesse and power, fin, our finesse moves and power moves, right, have great what I call rush transition. Even if you miss with a size is right, you can go right into power, right? You miss with a cross top, right? You can go into a counter or to a – like when you're in a power, you're going a long arm, right? You can you, – if he sits down, you can cup off of it or club off of it, right? You can throw him by. They have great – even if you miss, great rush transition. What is that? Being able to go into your next move, right? You rarely win on your second – or excuse me, on your first move. It's your second and third and fourth move. How quickly can you go into that? right? I think that's important because time is what? Money. Change-ups are moves that don't have great rush transitions, right? So they're kind of your, your, your hit or miss or, or one-hit one type deals, right? So for us, those are, you know, spins, um, hezzies, um, things like that, ghosts. Those are things that, that necessarily they don't have the, the, the best rush transits. Don't say they, they don't, but um, for us, we, we consider those as change-ups, okay? With that being said, we will always, once again, the next part of the hand is what we call rush series. Now we're packaging your rushes based off your strength, right, and based off of what you're getting, right? So what do I mean by that, right? So we'll go in, we'll break down every offensive lineman, okay? He's a puncher, he's a clapper, he's a riser. This is how he sets and those things. And then we start to package your rushes, right? Okay, what's the best finesse move to go from? That fits your strength, right? Okay, boom. What's the, what's the best power move, right? So, right, we, we teach long arm or two to one, okay? What's the best change up to go against, okay? Then I tell my guys, right, we have to use history to, to write history, right? We, what have you shown in previous games? What have you shown during the game? Right, and then you're setting up your rushes, right? So be a pitcher, okay? So to recap the hands, right, it goes down to what? O-line hand delivery, right? Puncher, clamper, riser, alternator. Move execution, right? 
So first off, know what type of rusher are you? Are you a technician? Are you a speed guy? Are you a power guy combination? But we always, and that just simply means you know what your go-to is, right? What you're best at. But we're always going to have a finesse, a power, and a changeup. That's our package. And lastly, rush series, right? We, we, what's the plan going in, right? Then we're using, right? So we're packaging our rushes. And then we're using history to write history based off of the O-line hand delivery and what has he given us, right? Be a pitcher. Does that make sense? Absolutely, Coach. I'm just writing furiously here. I don't think I've ever talked less on the, my own podcast than I have this one because I'm just listening to what you're saying. Probably not good as a host, but I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm I'm furiously scribbling. No. So I'm, I, I apologize to the listeners if I'm letting myself no. uh, letting myself down as a, as a host, but... This is really good stuff. I also love no. – uh, this is not really your to do with the, your points you make with your pass rush, but I, I really love the, 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 the little phrases you have. Use history to write history. Yep. That, that's, that, did I get it right? I'm here bragging about how great it is, and yep. I'm like, did I say that right? Yep. Um, you know, no just doubt. these little things that are sticking with me too. So anyway, I don't want to stop anymore. You keep going, Coach. You're, you're doing a great job. Awesome, awesome. So our main two finesse moves that we teach, okay, and really it's, it's, it's three. So I, I don't believe in teaching a thousand different moves. I just think that um, you just can't get great at everything. But I do believe in filling the toolbox. I do believe that. Okay, so our, our really main finesse move is we'll do a side scissor, okay, which is a swipe, as some people call it. We'll do a cross chop or chop, right? And just the difference between those two is just the footwork, okay? in our system and then what we call kind of a a stab cup and that's more of also of the power rush but it's a stab we're flashing to cupping off of it okay so um, we call that a stab cup okay so with that you know the, the reason why i like those moves like i said they have great rush transition and going to the next one. Our, our two power moves that we necessarily we teach once again is a, a long arm right and so um, I, I think it's critical. We'll, we'll, we'll break down the long arm. I think it's, it's more of a stiff arm to me is what I tell people, right? And so what you want to do is think about it. If you hold your hand out right in front of you, a lot of times people, you know, our aiming point is going to be the sternum, but we want to get the inside pack. So we aim for the sternum. But if you hit with your thumb up, right? Naturally, think about when you do push-ups, right? Your thumb is up, right? I got my hand on the ground and your elbow's bent. But think about if I rotate that thumb out, right? Away from like... Think about the rotate your thumb out right now. I'm activating them, but like now I get stiff. So I tell my guys thumb out, snap your wrist, lock your elbow when we make contact. So now that gives you stiff, that gives you power. So now you're stabbing. It's like a stiff arm because I want separation. Don't like I just not saying it doesn't happen. The bend naturally does sometimes happen, and you got to press it. But like coming in there and trying to press a 300 pounder all the time. Um, it's tough, right? And, and, and depending on your guys. So, but you know, once again, what's the key to powers? Leverage, separation, vision. So, what, we, what are we trying to accomplish? So, we say thumb out, snap your wrist, lock your elbow. Okay. Then, once I make contact, right, I, my hips are going through him. I'm accelerating my. I want to pull the bow, and that simply means turn your shoulder, that outside shoulder. That gets the separation, right? Then we gain vision, and then we go into our what we call all our power progression. So now we're, we're, I tell my guys, right? So like I'm accelerating through them, right? And so 
If I got him on the hills, keep him on his hills, right? Right? Put him in the lap of the quarterback, but just make sure you have vision, uh, right? So you can get off the block and go make a play, right? Um, but if he sits down, right? He 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 strike hop hops, right? He gets under control. He sits and he gets that hand low, that outside arm. We're gonna cup off of it, okay? If if he has it high, we're gonna do what we we're gonna lift or tiger lift off of it, okay? And it's caping through the outside. If he gives us the inside hand, the hand close to the quarterback, right? And you know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but now hey, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna counter wheel. That's part of our counter series, and we'll talk about that. We're going to counter or we can throw him by, okay? So, the, you know, that's kind of how we teach it, you know, uh, uh, our long arm here. Um, I'll jump into just uh, side scissors real quick. That's a main one that we teach. I think it's important on the side scissors, okay? I think it's important. So, so for me, I kind of teach the guys the, the – it's, it's kind of a evolution of a, a, a swipe in a swim, right? So – when you swim, what do you do, right? You expose what? Your ribs, your surface area, and those things, right? We want to take care of what we call the gun hand. That is the inside hand of the offensive lineman. That's the most dangerous hand because if he hits me with that, gets me to stop my feet, right? Once again, time is money. The ball is out, right? So it's important that we want to take care of that, right? So think of it, right? I want to aim for the crease of his, if, where his elbow bends, right? his forearm bend and I want to for lack of better terms chop it right so I want to I want to hit it okay and we say rear hand high wave goodbye so when I make contact right like if you're like karate chopping but we're throwing up and I tell my guys like you're swinging a bat like you're falling through with a bat so we say rear hand high wave goodbye we aim for the crease but we're more likely going to get the what the forearm okay so we want to. So I'm talking about the inside hand, our inside hand to his inside hand. Aim for the crease, rear hand high, wave goodbye, and we're throwing up. That upper motion is great, even if you don't make contact, because what it does, it go, goes, and I'll, I'll break it down even more. It allows us to reduce our surface area, but also get our hips through, right? Our footwork, our lower body through, our feet. All right. So now. The next part is our outside arm, right? And so what we want to do, we want violent, we want our outside shoulder down, right? And, and you, you want some up. Now, does that always happen? No. But the key part is when I make contact with that outside arm is, is I, I want that outside shoulder down. So now we put it together. Two hands, we're, flick, we're throwing up. Like think about it like you're following through on a bat, right? So inside hand, right? So we want rear hand high, wave goodbye. Then we want thumb up, outside shoulder down. And we want to clear it, right? So when we make contact, we want to clear the hand through, follow through with it, clear it, throw. And so that's important for us. Now, more than anything, right, we want speed necessarily over accuracy because it doesn't always happen, right? You miss, right? So we want, we want hand speed. We might miss. We might throw again, okay, if he replaces his hands. And we'll talk about how do we determine that shortly so i wanted to give the, everybody just kind of just a, a, a brief version of how we describe our or, or coach our long arm um, obviously verbally be easier you know showing it but the, the verbal cues that we use and then the same thing with, with, with the sizes okay so now we're going to transition to the third part of the move which is the second phase or second 
part of our philosophy. Okay, so now the third part of that is we're talking about the hips, right? So this we're still in the move. Okay, so our hips, and this is something that I've 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 kind of keep on. I think it's important to understand. So what is the hips? I think it's it's critical, right? Eliminate space for an effective escape, right? I think that's important. Okay, so the hips is three parts of that: contact position, angle departure, and then eye transition. Okay, so what do I mean by contact position, coach? Okay, so when I what so so think of the all right, I've already taken my get off, right? So I'm the defense alignment, and I'm near the offense alignment right now. I've thrown my move. Okay, so this is important. Okay. When I throw a finesse move or any move, like, so we'll just talk about finesse. When I throw with finesse, okay, I've got to know this. When I make contact or not, where is the offensive alignment position in terms of my hip, right? So in position of where the, the offensive alignment is and kind of relative of where the quarterback is. So what do I mean? So there's three parts of the contact position, low hip, in between, high hip. So what do I mean? So I throw a side scissors, and the offensive lineman is on my low hip. So I almost got him beat. He's in a trail position. Now he's, you know, I mean, I got to recover, right? I got to, I got to, you know, run him by the quarterback. We say we want to clear with finesse. So low hip means clear with finesse. What does that mean? Either a wipe, a rip, right? Or we can throw one more time, a, fina- a throw a, a side scissors one more time. Okay, I think that's important. Okay. What we're doing is we are we're eliminating his chance to recover or push us by. So we say that low hip, okay? If we miss with the finesse move and the offensive lineman is in between us and the quarterback, we close right with power. So this is the rush transition I was talking about. The time it takes for you to go right into the next move, right? Because you rarely went on the what? The first move. The second and third and fourth move is critical. How quickly can we go into that, okay? So if, if we miss with a finesse move and he's in between me and the quarterback, we're going to close in power, and now we go into our power progression. So say I win the side scissors. I miss he, right? I didn't have a good get off. There was space, right? He's in between. We're closing with power, right? So if he sits down, now we're in our power progression, right? We'll cup with the, on the outside arm if it's low. If it's high, we'll lift. If he gives me the inside arm, right? We can counter wheel throw by. We go right into it, okay? Then if we say this, we missed, right? Or we thought it was low hip, and he was in a good position, and he's trying to drive me by the court. We call that high hip. Once we're in high hip, right? So we try to clear. We went, He's trying to push me by. I feel him trying to push. We are in what we call counter mode. When we're in counter mode, we got to think, okay, do we have space or no space? Right or separation or no separation. So if we have space, right? So think about that inside arm, and he's trying to wall me by. We do what we call a counter wheel, right? We're gonna stick our outside foot, and we're gonna turn, and we're gonna pin that arm down. That, that allows us to have vision, right, on the quarterback, and to be able to defeat the block because he's stepping up, right? So we're in counter wheel. He's stepping up. If we were in a power rush and we felt like we were high, right? He was trying, we would throw him by if we had space. Now, if we had no space and we got caught, so we don't have separation, we can spin or we can hump, right? So we train that. So this contact position, we train. 
so everybody's like, I tell guys, think about this, right? If you're playing basketball, right, and somebody's guarding me, right, and I hit them with like a hesitation, right? So I'm, I'm pausing, right, and and I, this guy doesn't beat me to that spot. I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna try to cross over. But if he beats me to that spot, what am I gonna do? Cross over. Then he gets me back to the other spot. I go in between the legs. Then around the box or around the back. That is correct that it's the same as in terms of how we train it on the low hip. If he's on the low hip, right, we're going to clear with finesse, right? Oh, we didn't know. Okay, now it automatically turns into high hip. We got a counter. Oh, I missed. He's in between me and the quarterback. We close up that quickly. And we train that, and we have drills to do that. And anybody listening, I'm willing to We can get on a Zoom. We can go through it because with the drills of how we progress to that and teaching that, we have drills to progress to that. So with that contact position, all right, so the next part is what we call angle of departure. So this is very, very important, okay? So this is, is AK. so we either, we're going to either create an angle. Now we're talking about, this is important. And I, I should have touched on it. Look, our upper body has to be able to operate separate than our lower body, right? So our lower body's got to be able to get off the rock, be able to do a power step. We've got to be able to work hands. We've got to be able to get turn our outside shoulder, right, with our footwork also, right, our lower body of how we're going to create an angle. This is the angle of departure. So that's important. I tell my guys that all the time. Your upper body's got to be able to work separate than your lower body. So in our angle of departure, okay, so we have two ways. We either create an angle or we take an angle. So when we create an angle, this is, some people say hip flip. Some people say crossover step, just so to paint the picture for, for users out there. This is the cross, the turn, the, like we're crossing over, but we're also getting our outside shoulder down, okay? So the buzzwords that I use, I hate using crossover, but I do say that to paint it first. But we say outside shoulder down, foot replace. So that is the, so think about a stagger. I'm on the offensive alignment. My outside foot is up. My inside foot is back. So as I'm in this contact position, so I'm close to him, I am going to cross over, right? I'm turning the toe, like that part. So I say foot replace. And then if I'm able, I'm clean, we got to try to get that out, that front foot down. And then we got to drive the foot that I crossed over through. We say back leg through. So what is it again? Outside shoulder down, foot replace. Front foot down, back leg through, okay? So that is, you know, some people say hip flips. Some people say crossover. That's the verb. So to paint the picture. Now, sometimes you got a foot replaced twice because you don't, you're not able to get the front foot down. And, and, and so that is the lowest. What we talk about, we've got to be able to foot replace twice to be able to get the front foot down and drive the back leg through. So this is what we call how we create an angle footwork, right, with our hip. Right. Everybody understand that. OK. Now, this is great when, when the offensive alignment is square. Right. How, how they teach right here on the inside, because you want to be able to create an angle to get to the quarterback. Right. Now, once again, like I said earlier, the other part is take an angle. If they're going to give us an angle, we're going to take it. So these are guys that open the gate. Right. Or. Right. We know we 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 we, we hit them with a go ghosts or those things we say dip the tip turn the toe punch through so we're not crossing over they already giving us the angle so why would we try to cut it we want to take it 
right? Because time is money. So take an angle buzzword is dip the tip, right? The, 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 the pad, right? Dip the inside shoulder, turn the toe, and then we want to be able to punch through to be able to get that back leg through, punch through with the outside arm to bring those hips, okay? The last part of the hips is what we call eye transition. So once we beat the offensive line, we need to transition our eyes if we're, if we're you know, on a defensive end to the, to the near shoulder, right? If I'm an inside guy, right, to the near number, right, to talk about pass wrestling. So to, to kind of recap that, right, what is the objective of, of our hips? We want to eliminate space for an effective escape, right? The first thing you got to understand is contact position, right? Right, what is that, right? Is he on my low hip, right? Clear with finesse. If he, right? If he's in between me and, and the quarterback, we're going to close with power, right? We threw a finesse move. We're saying in relation between me, the, the O-lineman, and the quarterback. If he's high, we're in what? Counter mode. There's two types of counters, situations. Do I have space or separation? That means we're going to counter wheel, right? If we're in a finesse move, right? Plant our outside foot, pivot, turn inside, pin his inside arm down that he's trying to uh, throw us by. Uh, but with the next is if we were in a power rush or a long arm and he puts up, we're going to throw him by. We have separation. If we don't have space or separation, we can spin. Like we're caught in the rip. We can spin or we can hump. All right. Next part, angle of departure, right? We either create an angle, right? Which is outside shoulder down, foot replaced, front foot down, back leg through. Then if he's going to give us an angle, we're going to do what? Take an angle twice on Sunday, right? So we're going to dip the tip, turn the toe, punch through. And then lastly, once we beat the, the offensive lineman, right, eye transition, right? We want to transition our eyes, right, to the, to the near shoulder or near number, right? So then we can go make the tackle. All right? So that concludes the second part of our, our philosophy, which is the move. The move consists of what again? Feet, hands, and hips. The last part is what we call the finish. I think this is very, very important. I don't think this is coached enough, okay? What does the finish consist of? First, sack fumble, right, or match the hand, right? So what, what do I mean by that, right? A burst is a change of speed. I beat the offensive lineman. I tell my guy, we have, it should look like I'm pressing fast forward on the film, right? It, part of the burst is we are accelerating through, right? I tell my guy, this is the a money zone. Right? Go get paid. Right? Go disrupt the quarterback. So we want to make sure we have the proper angle to the QB. We want to accelerate and close the space. Proper angle. Eyes on the near shoulder or near number so we can make the effective tackle on the burst. Right? So we're pursuing towards the quarterback after we won the rush. Okay? The next part is, okay, so sack fumble or ball disruption. Right? So we want to be able to, you know, disrupt the quarterback. And what do I mean by that? If he does not see you, tackle the football, okay? So we want to change the game, okay? So what do I mean by that? So we want to, uh, if we're coming on the backside, we want to attack the throwing elbow. Now, we don't want to to secure the tackle first because what is he going to do with the ball? He's going to what? Tuck it. We want to wrap and attack the throwing elbow at the same time because that allows us, right, not to tip him off, but also for an effective tackle. So we want to aim the, the throwing elbow, and we want to be able to, 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 as we're wrapping, we want to be able to clear the hands or wax off, clear it. We want to change the game. Now, does that always happen? 
No, that's ideal. Now, sometimes we got to, if we aim for the throwing elbow, we will get the ball if we miss, right? So we, we I always go a little bit higher or in, in terms of the aiming point. So if we do miss, we have a little buffer, okay? So I think that's important. We want to change the game. Now, that is, if he doesn't see you, we're going to tackle the football. If he does, we're pursuing, right? We're in front of you. He sees us. We want to pursue it to the sack, but we want to be able to match or mirror the hand. The quarterback has two keys. He has a directional key. He has a delivery key. Directional key is his shoulders, right? It's hard to throw opposite of where your shoulders are pointing unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Right or Aaron Rodgers, right? Those guys are is, is crazy. Um, so it's important. So I tell my guys this: we want to pursue the sack, right? The tackle, and so what? The delivery key. What is the delivery key? Hand off the ball. He's not going to throw it with two hands on it. So when that hand is off the ball, we want to mirror or match his hand. So if he's right hand, we're going to put our left hand up. Why is this? It goes back to the philosophy, what we talk about. What is the objective of a pass rush? We want to be able to disrupt them. We want to get a quality rush, disrupt the quarterback, right? So now we're marrying it, and we want it up, not out. So now that quarterback can't follow through, right? Or he's got to change his arm angle. Now that gives my DB a little bit more time to what? Get out of his break, or we can tip the ball, right? Now we're disrupting the quarterback. But also, we want to match the hand into the hip. We never want to jump. Okay, I think that's very, very important. And so we want to match it into the target area, which is the numbers, right? We want near foot, near shoulder, eyes to the sky, one step wrap, two step squeeze, drive for five, right? Now, obviously, you got to be careful nowadays with the NFL and those things. That is in a frontal position, right? Now, if he's outside our frame, right, we're pursuing like a boot or he got outside the pocket. And, and it took me a while to, to – I remember this, and I learned this from, from, from Coach Chiano, who um, is, a, is a really, really good mentor of mine and who's really, really helped me um, in my coaching career. But I remember he said this is called wave the hand. So the quarterback, we're pursuing. He's outside the pocket, and, and we're, we're, we're tracking the near hip, all those things. Um, as we pursue and as we get a little bit closer to the guy, we wanted to start to wave our hand as we're still pressing the hip or tracking the hip. And what it did was it made it seem like you're closer than where you were. And it, a lot of times the quarterbacks do it. I, I didn't believe it when I was into you. I was like, man, that's clinic talk. And I'll tell you what, man, we got into, I remember 2017, uh, we were in the conference um, championship versus Wisconsin. I remember this to this day, Jerome Baker, man, Hell of a player, man. He waved the hand versus Wisconsin. He was outside. The quarterback threw it. Like, and he wasn't even close to the guy, but he started waving it as he was still tracking the hip and all those different things. And I was like, wow, that really did it. it like, I was a believer there. And, and I've got other examples on that, but um, that's another way that we can try to disrupt the quarterback. So match the hand once again. We want to be able to accelerate towards the quarterback. Marry his hand. Once hand is off the ball on the delivery key, and we want to match the hand into the hit. We're not, we, we want hits on the quarterback. So I don't want people to think we're not trying to get hands on the quarterback. Or if you're stalled at the line of scrimmage, obviously we want to be able to get our hands up. So that concludes our pass rush philosophy. Just to recap one more time, the approach, what is 
the approach, right, that consists of know the situation, angles in alignment, stance, get off. The next part is what we call the move. What does that consist of? Feet, hands, and hips. And then lastly, the finish, which is burst, sack fumble, match the hand. And that is our, our password philosophy. Um, obviously, there's a little bit more things that go into it and, and those things. I think it's important, too, and we can touch on this, too, um, just kind of how we prepare and going into the game. You know, I do rush plans. I have an O-line template, and I talk about how they deliver their hands, how they set. We do a QB uh, escape um, study. How, where does he like to escape at? How does he like to escape? Is he a, is he a dipper? Is he a guy that, that, that likes to spin out? Is he a guy that likes to climb the pocket? That's important for our guys to know when we can touch on that here. Um, but that concludes our, you know, pass rush philosophy and system of how we do it here at Ole Miss. Coach, that is one of the most amazing displays of – I've just been sitting here shaking my head. It was almost like you just gave a clinic, like you were at a Glacier clinic, and I was just a presenter, and I'm <laughs> just like, all right, everybody welcome Randall Joyner from Ole Miss, and then I just left the room. <laughs> I think I could have done no, my taxes yeah. in that time. No, and and, it's, and I say this in, in all respect. Like, this was not edited together. We had a few audio issues. I don't know if you, you heard, but like, we didn't. Like, he didn't even be like, "Oh, I need to start this part over" or anything like that. He just, I, I'm just like shaking my head in amazement. Just like, wow, this guy's freaking amazing. He's just going. There were so many times. Well, not so many. There were a few times where I wanted to ask a question, but you were just on to the next. I was like, well, I'm going to let him ride. We'll do this at the end like a real clinic. Usually I'll interrupt and ask questions, but you were you yep. were going, man. Damn, that was awesome. <laughs> I did, I did yeah, have no, a couple questions, you. if you don't mind me asking. Yep. So awesome. a lot of our listeners, as you know, are high school coaches, and I know that you said you like yep. to give guys tools in the toolbox. Yep. And I also know that you've never coached high school football. So I'm asking you to do something that you've never yeah. done before, but you're trying to extrapolate your knowledge onto what you think you would do at the high school level. So I just mm-hmm. want to give, you know, also for the coaches, like it's hard sometimes to be like, well, I would do this in theory. Like there's a penalty times where I said, well, I would do this in theory. And then I get to that point and I'm like, actually I was, I was either way off because I underestimated or overestimated or whatever. So, but hypothetically, you decide, you know what, I just want to go back to alma mater high school and just coach ball and, you know, grow up or move back to the, the place I, I grew up in. If you were coaching high school defensive line, how would you, would you, would you take the same approach in terms of the moves and, and, and finding what the kids do best? Because I'm guessing at that level, I know from my own experience, they were better at fewer things. Like there was only a couple of the tools yep. that you could really give them. And, and you'd have, they'd have to spend more time mastering because they're not just not good of a, as good of athletes, even if they're really good for their relative yep. level. How would you go about, or how do you think you would go about doing that at the high school level? Absolutely. I, I think that's very, very important. And, and, you know, to, to clarify too, like not all my guys are, are great cross top guys. Right. Or that's just not what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not it. it, it, Do do we work it? Yes. But I think that's important to identify. What does your guy do best? Like, what's it? So I'll give an example. Like, um, 
and I think that, and then build off of that. So for example, like Sam Williams that I had, right. He was a get off guy, right. Get off and had a great ability to go speed to power. Right. And so he wasn't really a size scissors guy. And I had one year with him. Right. So, you know, year one, there's, there's, there's progressions going into it. Like, and I was just like, okay, you know what? I don't want to slow this guy down. He's a dynamic guy. He's a, he's a, uh, our bet one of our best players, if not our best player on the defense. I don't want to, he he's best of when he gets off the rock and able to go. So I said, okay, you know what? He's gonna be a chop guy, right? He's a chop rip, right? And then he's gonna we're gonna give him a speed to power, right? Something to complement that. And that's what we work, right? And then okay, he started to get that. Then okay, maybe give him something to where okay, he starts to overset. Guys start to jump set him, and you can take the inside. You feel what I'm saying? So I think the big part is you got to identify what your guys do well. I think that's important. Never give them too much. I think that's important. And that goes back to know the style of your guy. What does he do well, right, after some of the tools that you're doing? And then that's where you start to package it. And when you say, you know what, you got these two. You know what I'm saying? And then I think as depending on the time, okay, hey, you start to study a little bit. Okay, this guy likes to do this. You know what, you might need to lean on this a little bit more. Okay, because I understand guys don't necessarily have um, all the time and those things that, that we do, but also, you you know, a clear mind, right, equals what? Fast feet. So you don't. So understanding this too, like seeing it and, and things on how to develop, we build off of, of these things, right? So guy now that I have, you know, um, Cedric Johnson, he's he's a, he's a cross-chop guy. He, like he has the sizes, but his, he gets us. So we build off of that. You know what I'm saying? But we got to have something enough to where, okay, hey, guys are going to make you go through you. You got to show enough power. So I, I think the biggest thing what I would tell high school coaches right now is, is identify what your guys do, does best, right? Because at the end of the day, it comes down to what, man? Players, right? Them being able to um, execute and, and, and make plays, right? Better players equal what? Better coaches. I, I believe that. But also, we don't want to slow them down. I think that's big too. So part of our system too is identifying that. So first thing I would do, a high school coach, identify what he does best and what moves and keep it simple. Okay. Hey, you got a finesse move. This is your finesse. This is your power. Right. And then, okay. He starts to get that down. Okay. What is your change up? Okay. Oh, he's starting to, he's really mad. You got advanced guy. Okay. Now we can start talking about, okay. Is he delivering his hands a little bit different? Okay. He's, he's really punching coach. And I've been, you know, I've been been trying to, you know, just run around them, right? Trying to do speed rip. Well, hey, let's let's look at this size scissors, right? So you have tools, but I think it's important too not to put too much in the toolbox, um, especially if time is limited. And then number one priority, if it starts to slow those guys down. So I, I know that's a question that's been asked uh, on the Patreon and some other things o- over the years is you know, all these different moves, how are you physically teaching it? Especially, you know, in high school where you may have more players at that position because yep. you have guys from the offense coming over and you have less coaches. Um, yep. Like, how are you getting that? That What's the actual physical mechanical process mm-hmm. of teaching the moves? And how would you recommend to a guy who's maybe outnumbered 10 to one in terms of kids to coaches? Yeah. So I think then the first off is, you know, um, what I call whole part, whole teaching. So I think that's important, right? Show them what it looks like, right? Right. So show it and then break it down into pieces, right? So we'll take sizes. So I'll show 
I'll get everybody up. I'll show them. So if I was dealing with a freshman, I'm showing them. Okay, hey, boom, this is exactly how it should look. Then we break it down into parts. Okay, so then we'll say, hey, okay, this is what you do with your inside hand. Does that make sense? Okay, this is what you do with your outside hand. So we'll drill it. We'll just go straight inside hand on, right? So, so like I talked about, let's just take side scissors, okay? So we want to aim for the crease, the inside hand. Okay, so we just showed exactly how it looked, but now we break it down into parts, okay? So then what we'll do is we'll do partner on a line, right? And so depending on, right, I believe there's, there's two, two modes uh, of teaching, right? There's, there's teach to perform and there's teach to learn, right? In the spring, right, it's teach to learn right a lot of reps you can slow down a lot more right because you're not worried about a game okay so for us i will go down the line teachers so they're on the line right i'm going one by one each guy and coaching them up because i have more time okay in between special teams periods or pre-practice or after practice okay and if we're in the season we're going to go all together right and i have my ga look at this side i'm looking at this side right and coach them up so we'll we'll go down so we'll show them the hole as the size of what it looks like then we'll go inside arm right? So boom, we're just doing the inside part. How we do that, right? Rear hand high, wave goodbye, right? A for the crease. When we make contact, we want to rotate it out, right? Like we're waving goodbye, right? We want to clear it. So we're, we're I'm saying go. And then obviously you have the, the D lineman partner up with the other D lineman. One of them is the offensive lineman, okay? So they're partners. And so now you're working that inside arm. Boom, boom. I'm saying go. And then you can say how many reps is possible, or you can command the go, right? So it can be go. Every time I say go, you shoot the hand. Then you progress to, okay, when I say go, it's on the timing of the offensive lineman. So we'll go inside arm. Then we'll go outside arm. Then we'll, we'll be stationary. And then we'll do put it back together. We'll do it full. And we'll start to move. So we're, we're, we're connected, right? So we're, there's no space, no step. We're right next to the offensive lineman, right? We're partnered, okay? Does that make sense? Then we'll start to walk backwards, so working them timing it hand. Then we'll have the offensive lineman stationary, right? We'll back the defensive lineman up. Now we're trying to make it game light, right? So break drills up to, right? You got tactical drills, right? You got decision-making drills, and you have game-based drills, right? Tactical drills, right? I'm telling them left, right, whatever it is, right? High action, right? Then you go into decision-making, right? So now they got to time it, right, when we're walking back or those things. Then you got game bases as game base as possible, right? So then we call that rush spot, right? So then we work our angles and alignments, but now we're attacking downhill. Now we got to work everything that it's close as a game, and then we have the offensive alignment or a guy that's standing there punch his hands. So that is the progression that we do. So we start, right, like I said, whole part whole. We break it down into pieces, and we'll start on a line. We'll teach that move, okay? Does that make sense? So I bring everybody up showing – Get your best guy that you think that, that can show it if you can't necessarily perform the drill or the hands, and then boom. So then we, we're going to go whole part, so we'll break it down, inside hand, outside hand. We're stationary. Then, then the offensive lineman's backing up, and we're walking with them. So we're working while we're moving, and we're putting it all together. Then we'll put it all back together, and then we'll make it as game-based as possible, right? So we're getting our alignment. We're getting off on the ball, right? Now we're working our footworks and seeing the hand. And that's kind of the progression of what we'll do with the moves. And that can be the same with cross chop. That's going to be the same thing with our, our power rushes. Also, um, the progression of how we build off of that. Did that answer your question? Yes, sir, it did. And some. <laughs>
So one last thing before we get to the championship question is I want to talk about game planning these moves. So mm-hmm. you mentioned a little bit about how you do that. And there was a sheet and some other things, but I want to kind of go deeper into that because at your level where your guys have more tools than let's say some of the levels I've coached in personally or been a coordinator where I've had to worry about this. You have more time, you have more tools, you're more developed athlete. And because of that, you can hone what moves you're going to use that week or what plan you're going to use that week. So I really want to get in the nuts and bolts of how you go about game planning that stuff on a deeper level. Yeah. So I think the, the first part is what we do every week, we, we make what we call a set tape. And so what the set tape consists of, okay, so set tape is a breakdown of each offensive lineman by position, right? So right tackle, right guard, center, left guard, left tackle, right? And it has cut up. So I'll go through, right, and I'll look at all, like, passing situations, right? And what I'm looking for is how does he respond to maybe if it's power steps, um, how how is he delivering his hands, how is he setting, right? So I'm pulling those clips. And that's how I'm formulating the plan. So I'm seeing, okay, how does he deliver his hands is the first thing, right? I think it's important, right? Is is he a clamper? Is he a puncher? And those things. How is he setting, right? Is he a vertical setter versus when he's wider, right? Does he jump set? Does he 45 set? I think that's important. Does he does he say square? Does he open the gate? So I'm tagging these clips. And what I do is I have a sheet for my guys that they get this information, but also they have to write it in. So I make this set tape of each position. I have what the indicator is that week. Is it the ball? Is it tackles, um, you know, outside knee? Is it when, you know, the guard taps the center and his head comes up? What is the indicator each week, right, or, or in, in the cadence also? is it Are they off a clap? Are they verbal, right? And I have clips of those. So, you know, I study it, okay, what – how I structure the cut up for guys to, to understand is, okay, first I go off, what's the keys to disrupting the quarterback, right? Is it, you know, proper rush lanes? Is it, you know, we got to go power early. Is it, you know, we have to be able to um, have long rushes, right? He can use cram, whatever the three keys to disrupting the quarterback is next. I have the indicator. What is the indicator that week in the cadence? And I have a clip of that. And then I go into the quarterback escape. How does he escape, right? Does he always like to go to his left? Is he a guy that always, no, no matter, first reading, he's out, right? Because that's going to dictate our rush lanes. Then I talk about how does he how does he get out of the pocket? Does he like to spin when he doesn't see people? Does he like to dip in and out? Does he like to climb the pocket? Those are big. And then I get into the set tape where it goes by each position, where I pull those clips and then we start to talk about, okay, what is the best move for this guy? Okay. If you're, what is the, the, the next move, right? What is going to be your power move? What is going to be your finesse move? What's going to be your changeup? And then I have notes. They're writing that down and they're writing any note underneath that. Um, so they can have those cues and those things and study it. And then they can go pull this up on the iPad, but we usually do that on um, a Wednesday because that's what you know, we practice in the morning, that meeting before, we'll do that set tape in there. So then now they're working that at practice. Now the scout team is emulating that, how they deliver their hands. So they're working that. Cause that's usually when we do our third down and, and, and things like that. So that's kind of how I structure it going in in those things. And also what we'll do is we'll, we'll pull rushes that guys did 
in the previous game is just to show them, okay, this is what you're showing on tape. Okay, so this is what we need to build off of. Sounds very thorough. And I know that Coach Golding <laughs> coming is going to have, I've seen some of the stuff that they do to prep their yep, pass rushers absolutely. down in Tuscaloosa. Yep. And I know that obviously had a part in that. So I'm excited to see how this new influence comes in. And when we talk next off season, how it was incorporated or in, into your uh, usual flow of work. Absolutely, man. All right. Before I let you go, first time guest, always get this question. So here's the scenario. I want to see what, uh, what you come up with. All right, so the situation is this. National championship, fourth and nine from the 35-yard mm-hmm. line going in. Wow. 11 seconds left, and they have one timeout. So Ooh. they're not going to – they don't feel comfortable with their kicker going for it now. He's a little out of the range, or he struggled a little bit. They're not going to take a Hail Mary shot because they don't need to. they got enough time. they got that timeout, so they're going to try to get the first. Game's on the line. Right. Everything's yeah. equal. And I don't mean like complete equal talent across the board, but they don't have some, oh, my God, stud on the team. Because then that would be easy, right? Double that guy and whatever. But they like to spread the love mm-hmm. out. There's nobody. Either they're all really good or they're all average. There's no one that's like, okay, this guy's getting the ball. So generically speaking, or generally speaking, what's your gut here? What's your call? And if you have any other clarifying yeah. questions, you may ask them. Yep. This isn't this isn't a trick or a, a quiz. This isn't Jeopardy. You can ask me questions. I got you. You said fourth and nine, right? Fourth and nine. Man, I'm I'm gonna go some some type of uh, probably two man, four man pass rush, um, letting those guys get after it. Obviously, if if um, you're scrambling quarterback, you got to have some type of game on it. And uh, we're going to go from there, man, on body coverage to help over top and uh, let those guys eat. All right, man. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Give uh, give the audience your uh, your social media or give the listeners your Twitter handle so they can follow you. I always forget to do this. Yeah, absolutely, man. If you want to follow me, man, um, on Twitter, it is at let's go underscore bow five. That is at let's go underscore bow five. And that's bow B-O, right? Yep, B-O, absolutely. Now your audio dropped out just for a second. Did you say let's go bow 85 or five? Five. Five, okay. Let's go. Let's go underscore bow five. Got it. All right, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you doing this after uh, after all these years. Absolutely, man. I'm glad we got it done, man. That was I'm incredible. Really thank you. Thank you so much to Coach Joyner for joining me. Absolute pleasure. It was an awe in his thoroughness and how he just kept going. There wasn't really any editing to that. It wasn't pieced together. Coach just took it and ran with it. And I couldn't have been happier with the outcome. Usually at the end of these episodes, I have a bunch of stuff I want you to check out. But with the website being new, just go to coachvast.com and poke around. Check out the store. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. And make sure, most importantly, you check out the new blog. I think you'll really like it. 
And last but not least, never forget, the quarterback can't see with tears in their eyes. 